to the gastroenteritis blues my name is steve lipman i'm joined as always by dan volpone and emily cannell my first question is for emily emily which sixer today at media day said that they their goal one of their goals is to shoot 45 percent from three that's our best friend paul reed oh i was hoping you hadn't seen it yes it is it is friend of the podcast b-ball paul reed um today was media day we're going to talk through some quotes we're going to talk through what everybody said what the key people said uh but first i guess we should start chronologically uh which was that um the sixers wanted to go out and visit ben simmons and uh how it was described by shams sharania was that uh sixers team leaders joel Embiid, tobias harris and matisse thibel i don't know that's new wanted to go to visit Ben and talk him into coming to play with the team for the time being, I guess, until uh, things cleared up on that end. And Ben said, no, thank you. So the Sixers were like, Ben, buddy, we'd love to swing by LA and have a chat. And he said, actually, don't do that. I don't want any part of it. Um, After that report came up, Ryan Windhorst of ESPN said, uh, he doesn't want to be in front of those fans. I don't think he intends to ever show his face there again. Um, music to my ears, all of these things, every every last report uh, is just, I think, getting him closer to leaving the team. The only thing I really care about. Um, and we'll talk more about it, but like watching the guys at Media Day and it sort of reminds me of the guys on the team who I love and who I believe in. Um, and it only makes me more... Uh, urgent to like want to get this thing over with so we can all move on with our lives. Um, Dan, what did you think about the thing where the Sixers want to go visit Ben and, and Simmons says no thank you? Yes, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> like they were all gonna get on a plane and he was like, just don't, just uh, don't, <laughs> don't even, don't even try it. Right. Um, I get. I mean, it's better than I guess wasting their time and having them come all the way out. And then he's like, actually, like I really don't want to talk to you now that you're. I here. guess, but like from a human standpoint, it's sort of a courtesy that if these guys want to talk to you and they're your friends and like coworkers, that you would at least let them come by and you know, like I, I get what you're saying is like, if he knows he's never coming back, he doesn't want to waste their time on a pitch meeting. But I think he could probably dignify them with a face to face. Yeah, you know. I mean, what so like what you're saying is a fair point. Like, um, I mean, I, I think that the the middle ground there is probably like, hey, uh Ben could maybe like FaceTime some of these guys and like right. explain why he's not coming back. There's a lot of them said today, and I'm sure you have all this queued up, but like, you know, there was a lot of like, I haven't talked to Ben, I haven't talked to right. Ben, I haven't talked, I miss like I wish Ben were here, like. You know, I, I support Ben, but I haven't talked I've to re- him. I've reached out, haven't heard from him. Right. He's not a so big texter. I think, yeah. I think that, you know, it probably it's it's not great that he's not responding to people who definitely, I think, have shown that they are being supportive of him and want to talk to him. But I really don't care. Um, it's also, I don't know, like, I agree with you in the sense that, like, I'm just excited that we're getting towards a point where this is over. Um, I 
I'm so happy that a different fan base is going to have to pretend that his like 10 and eight games were phenomenal and that <laughs> won't be us. And that's where I'm at. Like, whatever. We're good. Um, Emily, what's your reaction to this report? Well, one, we all know that when Ben gets traded, he's going to be like a first team all NBA. Like NBA I disagree. Level person. That's just how it happens, Dan. It's that's how it happens, happens, but I don't think he's built that way. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, in terms of the team going out, I listened to Danny Green's podcast this morning, and he was talking about this situation and confirming that, yes, they wanted to go out, and Ben was like, no, no, I'm good. Um, I think it was from Danny's point of view, and obviously he's not going to bash his teammate. He said kind of like, don't, I'm good, like, don't really, I don't want you guys to fly out here for nothing. Um, but Danny's whole thing was I'm not, was he wasn't, trying to reach out to him like even like as a like spokesperson for the Sixers organization it seemed like the players were trying to reach out to him on a like a friend level and like you said Steve like a friend level co-worker level like hey, see man, where his like, head's at Danny said yeah, like yeah. maybe this is not the best way to go about it like I just want to see like anything we can help you with kind of like so that's kind of shitty though to be like like, does Ben not care about any of these guys? <laughs> like, but he's just like, we're not real friends. Like, we are fake friends, and I'm uninterested. Um, Danny mentioned, like, if he wanted to, he could figure out where Ben lives. They have the same real estate agent, but he's, like, not just going <laughs> to yeah, pull I up. I heard that. He's not going to pull up unannounced. He's just going to respect his personal space. So it's um, like, the bare minimum respect you could pay someone just to, like, not show up unannounced at their house, like, by asking your real estate agent for their address. Like, he was literally like, I can find Danny. out where he lives. He's like, I can find out where he lives real easily. Oh, yeah, weird. also, isn't that, like, a breach of whatever confidentiality he has with the realtor? Could he just be like, realtor. hey. I don't think, it's not a HIPAA, it's a real estate agent. I don't that's think true. that's a thing. Um, but true. it might, I'm not a real estate agent, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that, Ben's, it's just, it's a shitty thing I don't know you know something that's not in the rundown that I was reminded of as one of you were talking uh last episode we were on here with Zoe and we were talking a little bit about Doc Rivers media tour which was just going great absolutely no problems on the tour um and then I think the next day Doc goes on Morning Joe on MSNBC and they go how's it going with Ben Simmons and Doc who's like doing a bit i guess i don't know if he's like gonna start doing stand-up or something but he goes well i'll tell you sometimes i think it's going well and then sometimes i think i'm talking to people who think trump won the election who is he bill maher what's the point what are we doing like it's, it's such a weird thing to it's say such a fucking weird thing we're about to get to doc but like <laughs> what a strange thing to say thinks in this way who I, is like oh like these guys are like kind of like annoying me i don't agree with where they're <laughs> coming from like oh this is just like the people who think trump was like who thinks that way and one of the only things we know about simmons is that his politics are are not like trumpian you know that we he called trump yeah. like an <laughs> asshole or whatever he called him a couple which, years which ago. Like, means like he's basically like doc is like oh like we really want ben back and then like from Ben's perspective, definitely just insulted him on national television. Yes. It's like saying to Dan that he reminds you of Ben Simmons. That's like the analogy, I think. Um, so we get into media day, which is today, and they start off with Daryl and um, Daryl and Doc. And I have to say the funniest thing, uh, I, I, I like click play on the stream 
And the first thing I see is Doc yelling at some reporter. He goes, I'm in charge here. I go, this is going great. I love it. It's like one for one, things are going well. Um, you know, there's a lot of quotes. Uh, preemptively, I have to say thank you to Sixers Adam, good friend of ours and a sweet boy. He uh, uh, threaded a bunch of the I forgot quotes. when you called him a sweet boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, he threaded a bunch of the quotes. Uh, uh, one of one of Doc's quotes, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll go through like the Doc and Daryl quotes, and then I'll get what you guys think about sort of all of them. One of Doc's quotes was, last year, we almost pulled off really a miracle run. It's rare that you have new coaches, new players, a new front office, and you turn around and have a chance to win. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, they were the one seed, and they lost in the second round to the like Hawks. Like, they were the, took over the magic. Right. Like, what, what <laughs> <Okay>. miracle? <laughs> like. I don't understand what he's talking about. It's like not um, the first time he says stuff like this either. I don't know what planet he's on. So Doc is still on his crusade about not having said what he actually said, which I just wish somebody would tell him to stop talking about. Like, just take a no comment on that. Like, it just makes him look worse and worse. Uh, Doc said, we're disappointed he's not here. We're taking our journey to be a championship team. Um, he talked again about loving the young group, about loving Tyrese and uh, B-Ball Paul. Um, uh, they asked Doc and Daryl about uh, the fans, which uh, a bunch of the players commented on. And Doc sort of said, uh, fans are fans. This is an intense fan base. I've always viewed that as a good thing. I would rather have that. I just like people caring. Uh, uh, Daryl said, once players are here, they understand fans are trying to push everyone in the right direction. Um, you know, they, they, of course, said the stuff about wanting Simmons to come back and uh, they certainly didn't say they've made any headway, but they're hopeful, quote unquote. Um, but they also said, Daryl or Daryl also said a couple of times, like, we're focused on the guys who are here and like, we're gonna, we have guys in this locker room who are ready to play um, and we're focused on them. They talk a lot about Tyrese and how they trust him. You know, they asked Doc at one point, do you know who's going to be the point guard this year? Assuming Ben's not here or Ben's traded or whatever. And Doc said, yes, we know who that's going to be. And he, and they were like, do you want to tell us? And he was like, no, but it's not hard to figure out. So I, you know, I would assume that that means. Ben, why would he not just say it? I don't know. I don't know. He, it was, He's so coy, Doc Rivers. He is coy. When he doesn't have to be and un, not coy when he should be. They asked Daryl about, in, uh, about improvement basically from, you know, cause Daryl said, sort of famously last year after game seven, that if you're squeaking by the second round, which the Sixers couldn't even do, you're probably not about to win a title. Um, and they asked Daryl about improvement. Like, did the team improve? He said, we're going to have internal improvement. If opportunities present themselves, my job is to look at those. Most of the teams we're chasing are in the other direction. So Daryl was sort of saying how the Sixers have more picks and more young guys uh, than most teams uh, that are, generally considered contenders. I guess we could quibble about whether or not that implies. Um, so, some reporter really came out of left field and asked about Simmons being soft. It was like a really strange question. I was like, what is this, my dad? Who let him in? I don't understand. Um, they, they talked to Doc about shooting. He played some of the hits from last season about how I don't care if we score 130 points and Ben scores 11. Um, Doc was like Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman. Those guys didn't shoot jump shots. It's like they also weren't point guards, um, whatever. 
that's where we're at. I want to know what you thought of Doc and Daryl's uh, sort of uh, two man. Oh, we can talk about the vaccination stuff too. Somebody asked Doc about the team's vaccination status. He said that he won't give a percentage, but we're very, very, very good. And he's not worried about it for the Sixers at all. Um, Emily, your reactions to Doc and Daryl's two man game today. Well, I just think that Doc and Daryl need to get on the same page because on one hand, Daryl is like from game seven, if we're barely squeaking by the second round, we're right. not a contender. But on Doc's end, very close to a, a run to the finals. Miracle so run. They are just, they need to just like bridge those gaps a little bit, maybe get on the same page about the status of the team. Um, I guess Andre Drummond is a big signing for us in the offseason, really. Oh, my God. Seat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but other than that, I mean, I, I, they didn't say anything that I didn't expect them to say. There was nothing right. shocking in there. I'm happy to hear that the team is highly vaccinated. Um, that is good to hear because we, we were dealing with it with the Phillies. It's, it's stressful and stupid to be a non-vaccinated team. Yeah. Dan, what about you? I don't know. I didn't. You know, I was I I was in class all day, and I only know what you just read. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I the, everything Doc says is so ridiculous. I know, and 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 has been all year. And like, I'm I'm he shouldn't be allowed to talk to the media because mm-hmm. every time he does, he just says something absurd. Like like in every, in any direction, like like oh like ben is phenomenal like ben is perfect all the time (laughs) but also like we had him and the runner-up for mvp but it was like a miracle that we almost got out (laughs) of the second round it's a great point it's like he's just saying stuff always it's so weird and like i can't take it daryl i I don't know like he he acts like he daryl kind of frustrates me daryl's a very good gm i'm glad we have daryl but like the media coverage is so unbelievably uncritical of Daryl. Um, like there's like any storyline, like, you know, like Ainge is like, we almost traded for this guy back when he was GM. And like the jokes are flowing. You know what I mean? He's a great GM too. The jokes are like, oh, like I almost got another one, Danny. And with Daryl, it's like for anything that happens, it's like the media just runs with every story, like clearly paints a better picture of Daryl. Which is not to say that, like, it's not somewhat true, but, like, he has some control over these things. Like, the fact that we didn't get Harden is immediately like, oh, well, like, Tillman wouldn't trade him to Daryl. And, like, that's what the, I choose to believe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The, who, the Westbrook and Paul trade is like, oh, Daryl had to do it for Harden. It's like, you're like, you're not like a passive actor in these trades or non trades. Like, it's your job to make these things happen. So when he says, like, oh, if something presents itself, like, I'll evaluate it. Like, your job is to go, like, find something to present itself. Because, like you said, this team is not here. The internal improvements that you think we're making, and, like, sure, I expect Max to get better. Hopefully Matisse gets better. Like, George Niang is probably better than Mike Scott. And Drummond is probably better than Dwight. But, like, those are really minor compared to the fact that Ben is not with the team right now. Like, you're clearly worse right now. And so I really don't want to hear – like it was, it was a basically a wasted offseason. Like, there's no, I think Mike O'Connor wrote about this for the rights to Ricky Sanchez recently. Like, there's been no long term asset added to this team besides Jaden Springer, who's not ready to play right now, I would imagine. Um, and like, you're not, you're not passively going about being the GM. Like, what you've always done, and, and O'Connor was talking about this, like, 
you know, you've been creative in the past. You make things happen. Like it's not my job to figure out what they could have done. I can't figure out what they could have done. I'm not being paid $12 million a year. I don't know basketball like Daryl does. I don't know the league like Daryl does. I don't put the time into it. Daryl does like the fact that he couldn't make something happen is absolutely a failure. And I'm sure they're waiting for the Ben thing to to happen. Like that's part of Daryl's job too. And for all we can see, Ben's value has gone down with all the talk of like, Oh, people will forget his value will go back up. It's gone down. And like part of that's on the team. Like he's the president of basketball operations. It's his job to coordinate the effort to bring his value back up. Like he's not a passive actor in any of this. And so it's frustrating to hear the like, oh, like, you know, it's like the, it's kind of a dodge. Like, have you made meaningful improvements? The team you said wasn't good enough with your MVP candidate in his, you know, basically peak of his prime right now. And, and you're giving the, oh, well, if I can find something, I'll do it. Like, go find something. That is your job. That is what you're being paid all the money to do. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. And I think that, you know, a lot of it uh, is true at once. Like, Daryl has lots of uh, evidence to suggest that he's a really good executive in the league. And I think that the Sixers were very lucky to have been able to get him. Because I think absolutely, they were absolutely. so fucked at that point. Um. But I also don't think that you would like look at the Sixers transactions and be like, that's a Daryl Morey team right there. Like, wow, he really left his imprint. Now, I think what a lot of people are quick to do, including me probably, is give it an incomplete on this summer. That like, there's this gigantic thing hanging over everybody's head that not only is tricky in and of itself, but sort of precludes any giant moves on around that thing. Um, but again, it's not my job. You know what I mean? Like, and like he made great trades for Danny and for Seth. Like those were, you know, even if they were obvious things that sort of had to be done, I thought they were really good. And the Sixers were the one seed and Joel was excellent. And um, I guess I, I would be very disappointed if he actually believed that he's so content with the roster right now. You know what I mean? Like part of that is me assuming that he's lying to the media as they all do, except for Doc sometimes. And that, and that he's thinking, no, we're like, we're not there. And we need, we need to get there with this Ben thing. So that's yeah. a hope, but we're going to find out, you know? No, I mean, I agree, right? He's never going to say like, oh, we can't win with this group. And like, nor should he. I'm not saying that he should say things like that. I just don't like the, the framing of himself as like someone aside from it. Like, he's just like some guy who wasn't responsible for, because regardless of what he says about it, if he thinks the team can win now, I think we know he doesn't really think so. And we certainly don't think so. And especially with Ben not being here, we definitely don't think so. So like you are, you're part of this, like this is your job. You know, to your point, like he gets a very generous uh, read on things from the fans. And I think from the media and doc seems to get the opposite. Like, People talk about Doc like he doesn't have any idea what the fuck he's doing. Like, I don't Doc think that's true. Doc explains himself very poorly, which I think is part yes. of it. Yes. Doc, for someone who's been coaching in the NBA for like 40 years, I don't know why he doesn't just know to say nothing. Like, so many guys just like give bullshit, like sort of autofill answers and you'll be fine. Um, but people talk about Doc like he has no clue what the fuck he's doing. And I don't think that's true or fair. I think he knows what maybe he's doing coaching wise, but I mean, I think that there's ample evidence that he sometimes doesn't know what's going on. Like 
I remember oh, plenty of times. And he, remember, he didn't know the fans were going to be there. He was like, <laughs> I came out and they were there. And I was shocked. The injury <laughs> report every day. Doc, like, is, jo- is Joel saying. playing tonight? He goes, uh, Joel, Joel, I am not totally. Ask me in 10 minutes. It's like, can we get on the ball here? It's like, yeah. yes, I agree with that. So certain things, but I mean, that's not to say he can't coach a basketball team. He just maybe yeah. needs a guy to tell him, like, here are the top five key points before you talk to the media. Maybe he needs one of those guys. So uh, next up was Joel Embiid, who looks, I, I, I will say physically, looks great. I think he looks like he's in really good shape. Um, and Paul Hudrick of Liberty Ballers confirmed that just in our Slack, just that Joel looked really good today. Um so like the key takeaways from Joel, number one, he says his knee is fine and he's fully healthy and there's nothing like that. And there hasn't been uh, throughout the off season. Um, number two, he straight up said that he doesn't regret a thing he said after game seven. You know, a lot of people talk about him pointing out that turning point as like a total scarlet letter that has made it impossible to trade Ben. And Joel was like, you know, what Joel stressed throughout this whole thing even when he talked about Ben was that he also needs to be better and that the Sixers not winning that series is also on him. Like there's all of that kind of stuff, which I think is important for a team leader to do, which I think he needs to be. Um, He did say, of course, we want Ben back. I think that, I think the players by and large want to win. And if the answer is like having Ben on the court or just minus Ben, of course they want him back. Um, about the quote, he said, I don't think I said anything. If there's anyone who should be mad, it's Matisse for missing a freaking free throw. I don't have any regrets because I didn't call anybody out. I just stated the facts. I'm honest. He said a number of times we have to have self-awareness, which is like not an accident, in my opinion. Like it was right. very clear in Joel's media session that like he's not just reading the PR talking points from the Sixers. Like Joel is not going to be lying down and just saying, Ben, Ben, oh, please, we want you back, which I love. Like, I don't, I just really didn't want to see everybody sort of like unbended knee for fucking Ben Simmons, who's playing the victim now. Like, I didn't want to see that, especially from Joel, who is the most important player in the city. So uh, I was happy to see that. Um, He said that, like, uh, we have to grow up at a certain point which is also pretty pointed, you know? He said, like, anybody could be traded. He goes, if the Warriors could trade uh, Steph and Clay for me, the Sixers would do it, like, and they should do it. Disagree. Um, And uh, what else did he say? Uh, He said, people asked him what he would like to see Ben improve and, like, bring back, and Joel said something like, well, we've all seen the videos. That would be nice. Like, very funny. Excellent, shooting videos excellent excellent comment i love that um and they asked him to uh, expound on his on the fans thing he did a dumb tweet a few weeks ago about the fans needing to be better joel i always think that he's better when he's talking like and you can hear his voice rather than you know sometimes in a tweet and he basically said he loves the fans he wouldn't want to be anywhere else they motivate him he said again that we're not all built for this love it um he mentioned not wanting the fan reputation to scare away max free agents. Um, I guess I don't agree with that. I don't agree that that would be a deterrent. And if it were a deterrent, I would say that player probably sucks. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess I get why players might 
have that worry. Um, I, I largely thought that he did a fine job of clearing up how he feels about the fans, which I think has been incredibly consistent throughout his, his career in Philadelphia. But overall, he said that he wants Ben back. So, oh, yeah, the other big thing, uh, Tim Bontemps of ESPN, I think, asked him, if, you, if Ben had entertained that meeting in L.A., what would you have said to him? And Joel took a really long time, and he was thinking and sort of pursed his lips, and he said, I would say I'm disappointed. And uh, they asked him a few times to, you know, he was, he even said as much as like, he's afraid of the headline that says Joel is disappointed in Ben when he really went on to say he's disappointed that they're in this situation that they haven't won enough because they think they're good enough for it. Um, but it was very clear that Joel thinks that like, this is also a situation of Ben's creation. Now I could be partially putting that, putting words in his mouth, but like, it seemed pretty clear to me that like he doesn't feel like the Sixers have screwed Ben and Ben is righteously sitting out. Like um, as much as it's like Josh Harris and Daryl Morey's team, it's Joel's team. So Ben is also saying, I want to be off this team led by Joel Embiid. So that was the, those were the main takeaways from Joel. Emily, what do you think of them? Well, first of all, I just, I just want to reiterate main core of this podcast is that Joel Embiid is just like God's gift to the city and I love him so much um and I think oh can I add add one more thing I guess (laughs) sorry he um he said this over very rude I'm sorry he said this over the years but um somebody asked him about his off-court relationship with Ben uh and he said that it was very good this year but he also threw in and always throws in like I don't like to go out and like Ben is very clearly, I think, a going out 25 year old, you know, and Joel was like, I like to hang out with my family and play video games. And like, that's it. I don't know if that was worth the interjection, but Emily, you have the floor. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what you said about Joel clearly not just like feeding the media, the Sixers PR, like, I don't think he would have said he was disappointed in Ben. Like, I don't think the Sixers PR, like one star star player to be like, talking about how disappointed they are in Ben Simmons, um, which I love because I think that, and I, Joel even said, like, I like playing with Ben. Like if I didn't, I would tell you, I'm not a bullshitter basically. Like I, he makes me better. Like he does a bunch of things better. Those are a paraphrase thing. That's not exactly what he said, but um, in terms of the disappointment, I might be jumping the gun. I think it might be into biases, media availability, what they ask. And he kind of says, like, if we had known that this is where yeah. post-game seven would have gotten us, we would have nipped it in the bud the day after game seven. We would have had this conversation. Like, no one thought that those comments, if it is the big crux of this whole problem, which I don't really think it is, I think the media has turned those comments into something. We had this conversation a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Um, but I think the players, like, if we had known that this, which goes to show that they didn't think they were that big of a deal right after the game. I mean, the, you know, they were just like, oh, it's, you know, we're frustrated. We just lost. We were the ones who even lost to the freaking Atlanta Hawks. Like, obviously, people are frustrated, but they would have dealt with it right away. And maybe this wouldn't have happened. Maybe it would have. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, like you said, the players want to win. And if the options are nobody or Ben Simmons, they're going to pick Ben Simmons. And so would I. That's the smart answer. Yeah. 
Dan, what about you? What'd you think of what Joel said? Yeah, I think it's interesting. The, uh, you know, he says, you know, he wants to play with Ben. He likes playing with Ben. I believe him. Um, I think that the, uh, the, the things you brought up about self-awareness, about growing up are pretty uh, kind of reflective of my own feelings about how this offseason has been handled by Ben Simmons. Um, I mean, and we've, you know, gotten in arguments in the slack and all of that, but like at a certain point, Ben Simmons is 25 years old. Ben Simmons is the point guard of the team. Ben Simmons is in charge of himself, of his play, and of just anything related to Ben Simmons. It goes back to Ben Simmons. That's that's part of growing up. That is part of self-awareness, right? Like, you like you shit the bed you know what i mean like that he, first of all not a good season for me I, the he was an undeserving all-star this is his worst season i think of his career probably um he was good defensively uh, offensively was basically a disaster all year no one wanted to talk about it um i saw this coming um he he just looked bad for all but like th- a three-week stretch um right before the all-star break uh and in the playoffs when it came down to it he was not prepared he was not in the right place to perform um which you know i understand people have things going on but this is just what happened right whether whether you know i'm not even trying to say that you know you know ben, we know how ben ben had stuff going on in his life i'm not trying to say that there's nothing understandable here or that you know ben is a bad person or anything like that but at a certain point you're responsible for what you do, right? Like, you're like I don't want to hear about Ben's how Ben is used when Ben is the point guard. Ben has the ball in his hands to start every possession. Ben can do what he wants. If Ben is that good, he can do what he wants. If Ben is as good as people think he is, he should be able to infor- to 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 enforce what he wants to happen on the court. And off the court, when you don't do that, when you let your team down, which you can absolutely spread the blame, right? tons of players made mistakes you have to own it and at no point has he owned it i mean he's talked a bit about you know the free throws and and it was a mental thing and that's fine but but when it comes down to it and and you do the what did trace you and the how many assists that i have and they're like the world's like just like the, the the cheapest assist i've ever seen in that game seven and when that's your go-to response you are lacking the self-awareness and you do need to do some growing up and i know joel didn't directly say that's about ben and whatever and i'm only hearing from you like i said like i missed a lot of this today but you didn't say anything i just thought i'd make that up yeah but but this is how i felt which is that part of being great as an athlete is owning this stuff you know like that's that's part of what it takes and like you have to show me you can do that and when, and when Joel makes the joke about like, oh, like Matisse should be mad because like he missed the foul shot. And I like, and he's like, like made comments about him and Matisse have like, like he's, oh, he's teased Matisse about it. Like they've laughed about it. Right. Like, and Matisse has said like, oh, it's on me. Like I, I made the foul, like whatever. Like I fouled Trey. Right. Like Matisse is thinking about what he did wrong. He's thinking about what he needs to do better. Right. He's taking that from Joel. And he knows that Joel, you know, when Joel says something, He's 
coming from a place of wanting to win together. He's not mad at Matisse. He doesn't hate Matisse, right? Like that is part of growing up and part of self-awareness. Like it just is like, I don't know Ben as a person, but the reaction to this is not someone who's at least outwardly in any way to not just like the media and the public, but clearly to his teammates taking accountability for himself. And like, yeah, yeah, I, that's frustrating. It's frustrating to, to watch. It was frustrating to hear all year. I mean, I think part of Doc's comments were that we heard all year, not the end of your comments, but the like, Oh, Ben is so great. Ben is so great. Unprompted was due to the fact that Ben isn't taking accountability for himself and has to hear that he's playing well when he's not. And like, I'm sick of it. I really am. And like, I don't want to do another season of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, I really, really don't mind him or any other player wanting to be traded, like wanting to go to a new place. No, I don't care that he wants out. It's that he couldn't own what happened while he was here. And, and it's the, the making him a martyr on his way out about like it was Ben versus the big bad Sixers the whole time. And it was, you know what? It was Amir Johnson and it was Greg Monroe. And then we had Horford, but he got hurt. And it was, it was uh, Dwight Howard. It's like at, at some point it could be incumbent upon him to learn a skill that makes playing in the playoffs easier for him. Um, and, uh, and, and I would point out, like we, you, you're talking about the skill of shooting the basketball, which obviously is like, as a skill is like many, many things put into one, right? Like it's like a category of like countless skills. Like it's like arguably the most important part of the game. Right. But there's even the non-shooting skills would be, would make life easier on him. if he could develop some new offensive skills, we've seen Giannis do it. Giannis's shot is not good. And Giannis, Giannis is a different player than Ben. We've talked about that too, but like Giannis has added many offensive skills to his game over the years. And it has made life easier on him to the point that he is now an NBA champion, a finals MVP, an MVP of the league, right? A two-time MVP of the league. Um, um, this is different. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also just, he's so strange. It's not just the skill. It's, he doesn't even make the effort to try the skill during games. So it's like, it's an impossible sort of thing. Um, Tobias Emily sort of brought up the only, uh, for me, real interesting thing from his uh, availability, which was reflectively Tobias being like, if I had known this is the way it was going to go, I would have gone to uh, his house right after the game. But I will say, like, all the reports are that right after the season, uh, Ben went right to, you know, at that meeting in Chicago, I think, that he and Quach went to Daryl and asked for a trade. Um, so I, I, my guess is that Tobias taking everybody out there wouldn't have done the trick then either. Um, Tobias, I'll tell you, every offseason I fall in love with him again, and then every playoffs I fall out of love again. Um, he's just such a lovely guy to have on the team, and I really would like him to have another good year like he had last year and, and continue into the playoffs. Um, Danny Green 
you know, reiterated a lot of what Emily uh, told us from his podcast. Um, and Tyrese Maxey, they asked him about that report about canceling the charity events. And, and if they're trading Ben, they better trade Maxey. And he was like, that's not true. And he said that he and Rich Paul were having a laugh about it. And that begs the question, Emily, has Tyrese Maxey met Adele? What do you think? That was a really good question. Thank you so much. Um, I am going, I'm going to guess no, that he has not met Adele because I think Tyrese Maxey has been hanging out in Philadelphia, doing Philadelphia things, throwing pitches out at Phillies games. And I think Rich Paul and Adele live a bit in their LA world. And I don't think that Maxey's an LA guy yet. So I don't think he's met Adele yet, but maybe like she's popped in on a FaceTime or two. Yeah. Maxie is uh, also the only sixer, I think, that has a relationship with Ben, given that they're both at clutch. Um, and it looks like they're still pals. And do you know what Maxie and Ben talk about? Adele. Oh, no. What did, what did he say? Oh, they're dogs. We both like dogs. We talk about that. Right. They both like dogs. I also like dogs. Right. Just like. Ben's watching Best in Show and he calls What do you and Ben Simmons talk about? Not like our play, not like point guard dogs. We talk about dogs. <laughs> Can I just I say real dogs. quick? Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think Tyrese Maxey has met Adele. I know this wasn't asked of me, but like, I just think Adele is too famous that if wow. Rich Paul were to introduce one of his clients to Adele, who already knows <laughs> so true. many famous people, it would have to be like a more high profile guy or else it just wouldn't be worth her time. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maxi was so funny in his press conference though I don't think that he can ever go anywhere he we should acknowledge he said to Liberty Baller's own Paul Hudrick when Paul said like hello he goes Paul Mr. I've Paul. seen you said, Mr. Mr. Paul, Paul I've seen you on the zoom so many times good to see you in person like what a lovely moment he called Danny Green 54 years old is great <laughs> You know, they're like, Danny Green has praised you, say that you're going to be a star one day. And he said he's only like 54 years old and has played 32 years in the league. So that's great. He's adorable. He's I so love cute. him. And I, that and smile, I just, oh God, he's the best. I'm all in on him. I think he's going to be great. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Matisse, for the first time, I think ever got snippy with a reporter at the end of his availability, a reporter was asking him like, what do you think Ben would have said if you had gone out there? And Matisse made him re repeat that. And he rephrased it. And he goes, all right, repeat that again. And, and he rephrased it. And he goes, I don't know. And like, I just have never seen him. He, I guess he's really a leader now because he's throwing his weight around. But I've never seen him uh, do that. Uh, he talked about trying to improve his jump shot and, and working on that all the time. Um, and then we can just talk about all of these, you know, all of above. Bebo Paul wants to shoot 45% from three. I love it. Uh, and Furkan talked about how much he loves his own hype video, which Emily wrote a dissertation on. Um, and that only Dan and Steve have seen. Yes, only us. That's true. Seen. It is an unpublished. Yeah. It's an unpublished dissertation on the Furkan hype video. Yep. So take that. You can take that and run with it. And any of the other guys that you want to mention, go right ahead. Um, I want to mention how Shake said that he looked swole in, in his own reflection. Yes. Like, do other teams have such charming players? I don't, I don't think know. that they do. I think it's really just us. 
they just win championships, but I'd rather yeah, this. But we're charming. So <laughs> who's the real winner? Yeah, all their good players want to be there, but like our okay players are the best. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I saw a video from Kyrie's media day and he was like in a very dark room. He looked kind of spooky. So because like, he can't I'm... be with the team because he won't get a vaccine. It's unbelievable. No, wow. He goes, that's a personal, that's a I can't, that's a, I really can't come. This it's personal like, thing is so funny. Like, it's, it's like, like hang I don't on. know if you got vaccinated when you don't play any home games. <laughs> when <laughs> you miss 41 games, when you miss 41 games voluntarily, it's sort of a team issue. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, so back uh, <laughs> to the charming Sixers. Um, yeah, love that from Shake. Furkan, I love that he said, like, he watches his own video a lot. Um, just my favorite part of the Furcon video is two parts. I really like the flaming basketball hoop when it goes into the hoop and you see his face. I think that's a really great bit of cinematography. I also really like the music cue when he like drops the therabands and the whip hits. I think that is mm-hmm. really special. Um, there's also just like a continuity error, but I I think I've come to the fact that I think it's intentional because it's too good of a video to be accidental. <laughs> um, it's just incredible. Also, Furcon and Matisse went out to dinner together and it looked like they just went to a pizza shop and it was just adorable. Yeah, they love um, each other. I think I think Paul and Furcon live in the same apartment building based mm. on their Instagram stories. Also, um, I'm just rambling now, but did we see the new... It's not on the rundown either, but the the Charles Bassey potentially leaked Sixers jerseys. Love them. Absolutely that? love them. They look great. It really goes along with our uh, our thought that he's a part-time equipment manager. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about he's that. Yeah. Right into our wow. hands. What a great He probably point. is. I mean, that makes he's sense. He's uniforms now. It's definitely like if you if you were to evaluate you know, our prior hypothesis that he is the new equipment manager. And then you get this piece of information. It definitely pushes you closer towards we were right than we were wrong. I agree. Definitely. definitely. Um, so, yeah. Dan, what do you thoughts. have What do you have on the uh, rest of the Sixers from Media Day? Anything else? The Furcon video was awesome. Excellent. Um, besides that, like I said, really haven't seen a ton. Yeah. Uh, but... I saw a lot of, I think this is next on the rundown, but uh, there is a lot of non-Sixers who said a lot of stupid stuff about the vaccine. And I, from what I've heard, none of the Sixers said anything stupid about the vaccine. So that is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're about to get into this, but like we had things ranging. Well, first of all, there was the Rolling Stone article um, that basically yeah. uh, had all the anti-vax stuff from, from Kyrie, from Jonathan Isaac. Um, but then... Beal was like straight up anti-vax today and you know even like Jalen Brown very disappointing it was like it's a personal choice Zach Levine said it's a personal choice everybody we want to trade Ben for is like yeah so I mean you have Levine and Beal now so Drew Hanlon is not allowed to mess up Joel (laughs) with any kind of personal choice nonsense Joel is a vaccinated king I'm sure um, it is really interesting um, from that Rolling Stone piece, and I forget who the player was, but they are part of like the union rep, and they were like very clearly like pro vaccine, but because they're 
representing the players union they kind of have to like represent the union and the voice of everyone and being like it's to be a like personal choice and I feel like that is such like a a terrible situation to be in because I just want to like I would just want to yell at them and people someone tweeted like imagine like looking at Carl Anthony Towns and being like nope not going to get the vaccine I'm like how do you like everyone on the on the T-Wolves has to be like especially with everything that Cat went through with his mom like I just can't imagine anyone who like has any respect for him at all would not get like that's crazy um Andrew Wiggins said today uh, about not getting the vaccine which he is he is not he's an anti-vaxxer he goes back is definitely against the wall I'm going to keep fighting for what I believe what's right what to do one you person, believe Andrew <laughs> what's right for one person <laughs> isn't right to the other and vice versa like this is not some sort of philanthropic endeavor where you are like a bastion of goodwill. Like you are a boron who is like reading shit on the internet and thinking you're smart, but it's actually a public health issue. Um, so that is enough of that. Um, the last thing from Daryl and from the Media Day stuff, they asked Daryl about fining Ben for not reporting. And Daryl basically said the league has rules about that. So we're going to follow what the league wants us. Like, basically, we're going to implement what the league has for us, uh, which. Which I think is, is also the only way the league doesn't intervene. Exactly. Right. Like, exactly. like if Ben is if Ben is sitting out and they're not finding him and they're fine with that, there's there, that's not going to fly. With the it's league. a really bad ben is sitting precedent. Out and they're right. And they're finding him. Then it's not setting a precedent that the league is going to be furious about. So I think that basically makes sense and then john clark today after or during media day something like that he said sources say the Sixers are expected to enforce its right to find ben simmons for his absence on media day today and training camp that starts tomorrow um so yeah they're they're going ahead and going to find him according to all the league's rules um maybe the last thing we had uh the sixers officially signed charles bassey which we talked about he's also doing equipment um and they signed shaq harrison from the, he used to be on the Bulls, good defender, uh, whatever. Like the Suns before that. The big question that fans are screaming into their AirPods at home is when is the new handsome Sixers rankings going to come out? Like, when are we going to rank them? What do we, do we go as close to the season as possible to know whether or not Ben is here? This is, uh, the floor is yours, uh, anyone. Well, I think that, in Gasho Blues world, I think we're firmly out on Ben as a sixer. So yeah, I, don't I think was going to say the same included thing. in the rankings. Like Unranked. he is not okay. one of our sixers. So huge news have... for Isaiah Joe. Mm. True. Big news. All right, so we will be probably the last pod before the season when people really want to hear about basketball. We'll do that. Um, perfect. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, for this podcast, um, I don't. Did we? When was when did we record last Sunday? No, we recorded on Wednesday with Zoe. Sunday so, was yesterday. Yeah, so we didn't talk. Oh, you're right. We didn't talk about Kate Scott at all. Oh, welcome to the Sixers, Kate Scott. Oh yeah. yeah. Kate Scott is the new, uh, yes, Kate Scott is the new uh, Sixers pay, play-by-play host on NBC Sports Philly. Uh, she has a really cool resume. 
Um, and I think it's very cool that she's going to be uh, our new person. I think it's great. Emily? Um, I agree. I'm super excited to see what she does. She seems really into Philly so far. She is taking the pandering onto like the level that we like. Like 20 mm-hmm. hours ago, she, she tweeted a yard beer and said Dallas sucks. <laughs> like this is the kind of energy wow. that I'm looking for. For my play-by-play play people, especially she's not from here, but right. she's is one of us it seems and that is what i'm looking for great love it dan any comment yeah i mean i was actually about to say i was a little disappointed that it wasn't someone local but now that i i didn't see that tweet now that i hear that she's tweeting dallas sucks and is doing that level of pandering i'm actually very excited so that's perfect she gets it so local local enough for me yeah yeah that's perfect i'm I'm all in that's all i needed to hear Welcome to Philly, Kate Scott. We look forward to having you on the podcast because we had Allah on the podcast and it's sort of a rule at this point um, that you have to come on. We also had Molly on the podcast. And we had Molly on the podcast. Um, so yeah. I, Ladies, gentlemen, we done? That's all I got. Yeah, oh, got. but um, make sure you subscribe to the Gastroenteritis Blues feed on all the stuff. And uh, rate us if you listen on a platform where you can rate us. And if you listen on a platform where you can't rate us, go find a platform where you can rate us. <laughs> give us five stars and then keep listening on the one you want to listen to because uh, we love those stars. Um, and what and else should they follow do? Follow us on Twitter at Gastro Blues Pod, where we tweet out when we have new episodes. And also, I just say random garbage. It's great. Yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter because I'm nine away from a thousand and I'm Whoa. just would like to get there. Also, you haven't, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity real quick to explain your uh, handle. Mm. I feel like I have explained my handle. Not here. We've alluded to it, but you, we haven't done it oh, in depth. It's not that interesting. Um, I wanted to start a blog and write about like sports, but also girly stuff. And I was playing like rec flag football and they had a every third play they had to pass to a girl so they would yell third and girl like you had to pass to a girl oh, and wow. I was like, oh, oh, like that's like sports and whatever so um that is my handle yeah that's like great it. and did you ever end up doing that blog i did but it has gone by the way so there were bachelor recaps on there it's, it's still oh. in my twitter bio it's thirdandgirl.com it's still live but it's not great but that's I what think, I submitted to start writing for Liberty Ballers. I, I uh, submitted pieces from that. And I even submitted my bachelor recaps. And I was like, this is what I write like. Nice. I think now the I'm fans, just- I think all of us would love to read more of those. So if you want to mm. pick that up. And you know what you could put there is your Furkan Korkmaz breakdown. I should put True. my Furkan Korkmaz breakdown. See? All right. We'll think about it. Um, good seeing you both. Be safe and be great. Um, everybody have a blessed week. And uh, Go watch Steve's movie. Do that too if you want. Go birds. Go birds. Beat that. Go birds. Bye.